Good morning. Good afternoon. Good middle of the night. Good evening. I said that backwards. Nevertheless, welcome to Cases of Color. This is episode seven and I'm your host, Randy Baum. Welcome back, you guys. I am so excited to have you back again for another episode. I will keep the intro brief. I just wanted to remind you all to please make sure that you are following Cases of Color on Instagram and on Twitter. And please make sure that you are in, you know, kind of enjoying the episode, but also joining in some dialogue. I definitely want to hear what you have to say, your thoughts, your theories. If you all find any update articles or anything like that, please let me know. I think for my maybe 15th episode or so, I'm going to do maybe an updates episode um, because I've seen just some recent updates in case development or other things like that and just kind of see what has happened with the cases that have been talked about here on Cases of Color. Also, please feel free to offer me case suggestions. I would love to make sure that I'm giving you guys content that you personally would like to hear. There are a few people who have put cases in front of my face and because of them, I've been looking into these cases. So please um, share that information with me. I definitely would love to hear it. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Cases of Color. This week, we are going to talk about the Milbrook twins. Now, the Milbrook twins are from Augusta, Georgia, where that is where they went missing. Their names are Danette and Jeanette Milbrook. They were 15 years old, and they went missing on March 18th of 1990. Not to make anyone feel old or make anyone feel too young, but that was the year I was born. I was about three months old at that point in time. So the twins had recently moved to Augusta, Georgia. So they were in a new home, a little bit of a new environment, but they had family in the area. They were great girls by all accounts. They loved to be at home. And most of all, they loved to be together. They were typical twins, kind of the twin stereotype, always together, always talking, always spending time with each other. They were very in tune with each other. They loved each other very much. On top of all that, they were not the type of girls that got in trouble very often. They were just your typical teenagers. They were freshmen in high school and they just were having a good time. Anything that they did do was just typical teen stuff, but they never did anything out of the way. They never caused their mother any trouble. Again, very good girls by all account. Jeanette was last seen wearing a blue pullover shirt over a white turtleneck with a beige skirt and white stockings and white sneakers. And she was about 5'4 and 125 pounds when she went missing. And Danette was last seen wearing a white shirt with an image of Mickey Mouse, white jeans, and black shoes at the time of her disappearance. And she was 5'6 and 130 pounds. Danette has been described as bow-legged, but both girls had pierced ears, shoulder-length hair, they had it styled in a jerry curl, which is very much of the time, and they both had a scar near their navels from a surgery after birth. The day they went missing, they had to take a walk to their godfather's house. So the reason they were going to their godfather's house is because their mother was low on cash to give them bus fare. So this new house that they had moved into was so far from their school that they actually had to take a city bus. It didn't they didn't even have a regular bus route. And at the time their mother didn't have really too much money to give them anything. So she sent them over to their godfather's house to go get the money. 
The girls made it to their godfather's house, and he gave them $20 total. He said he gave them $20 for the bus, and he told them to use the change for anything that they would like to get, some type of snack or whatever the case may be. He just wanted them to have a little bit of spending money after getting on the bus or just, you know, on their way to school. So the girls made a few stops before they made their way to the bus. The girls went to their cousin's house and they saw their cousin for a little while. And they also went to their older sister's house who had just had a baby at the time. They visited with the baby, visited with their sister. And something to note that I heard while I was doing research for this is that every single place that they went One of the things they asked every person is if someone could walk them home. They were very adamant about wanting to be walked home. And as someone who used to walk home at a certain point in my life, I can definitely understand that. I know sometimes when I would get to a certain point to where I was by myself and my friends were not with me, um, it did kind of make me uncomfortable and I wished that someone was there with me like I walked a little bit faster or just was a little bit more on guard with my surroundings and I think the thing that made this kind of weird is that you know they had each other they didn't have to worry about not having anyone to walk with them home because they had each other and these girls were 15 years old at the time and not to say that that alleviates the fear or being afraid but It is just kind of strange, like to be so adamant about can someone come with us when they are together. And unfortunately, for different reasons, no one was able to walk them home. So they just left. And on the way, they stopped by a local gas station called the Pumpin' Shop. It was a convenience store and they had gas as well. So they would come in and that day that they came in, they got some chips and some candy and a soda. And this was the last time that anyone saw the girls alive. The clerk at the gas station, she actually knew the girls. She was familiar with their mother. So this is definitely someone who paid attention to them. And something that she said when she was later interviewed is that when they walked out of the store, she watched them walk out. She turned her head for about a moment. And then by the time she turned back, they were gone. So she said from where she was, she couldn't see if maybe they got into a car or if they just walked off around the corner. But nevertheless, as soon as they walked out, they were gone. It only took a split second for her to look again and not be able to see them. When it started to get dark and the girls were not home, their family really got worried about them. Like I said in the beginning, the twins were very good girls. They did not get into trouble. They were very well behaved and they were also big homebodies. They were big about being at home and not necessarily leaving. So for them to be gone like that, which is very troubling because anytime that they did leave the house, they were always very good about coming back in a timely fashion. So when it became dark, their mother called the police. She's like, something is not right. This doesn't feel right. This is not something they would do. This doesn't feel good. And the police told her that she had to wait a full 24 hours before she could file a missing persons report. This is not abnormal. Most times this is standard procedure, but nevertheless, the family 
was really unwilling to wait, and they took matters into their own hands until they could file a police report. They were searching everywhere. They were looking in bushes. They were looking in dumpsters. They went back to the gas station that the girls went to, and the clerk said, yes, I remember them coming in. I remember what they got. And she said that they seemed fine, and they seemed all right. Again, this clerk was familiar with them. She had seen them before and knew their mother so it wasn't kind of irrational for her to be able to say oh yeah I can tell that you know they're all right so let's get into this investigation and I want to preface this with if you have any type of empathetic bone in your body you are going to be pissed you are going to be pissed you are going to be livid you are going to be angry I have to preface that with this because as I search for information throughout this case I was very disappointed Something that I would like to note before I really get into this botched investigation is that even when I searched for information about these girls, I made it like four pages into Google before it was talking about Millbrook Furniture Twin bed set. Four pages in and it was completely off topic. And in all my research that I've done for various cases, I've never seen anything like that. And it was very disturbing for me to see that. It was very disappointing for me to see that. I was really, really sad when I saw that because it was just really, really heartbreaking, to be honest. To think that so little care was put into this case to where even doing a Google search, I get four pages in and it's already off topic. It's already talking about something else. So just brace yourself Prepare to be angry because here we go. So the crazy part about all of this is that all of the documents from the initial investigation and the initial police report is missing. No one can find it. Not one person. On top of that, this case was very quickly labeled as a closed case. So no one has any clue what happened. Like when I tell you they cannot even... Go look and see who was interviewed, who was talked to, or anything like that. Oh, and wait, let me add another thing in there. Nobody was formally interviewed. Not the gas station clerk, who was more than willing to talk and said that she saw them that day. The last person to see them alive. No one talked to the godfather. No one talked to the sister. No one talked to the cousin. No one came and talked to the mother. No one came to search their home, to maybe see if they could find any indicators of them running away, of what they might have been into. Like when I tell you no investigative work was done on the behalf of these girls, not any work. And since everything is missing, there's no way to verify exactly what was searched, exactly what was looked looked at, if anything was collected. None of those things are there because there is literally nothing. And to make matters worse, when the girls went missing, they only ran one news story on these girls. And it was very shortly after they went missing. Yes, everyone, you heard that correctly. They ran one story on these girls. And that was it. Another thing that happened is the lead investigator who was working on the case, he started a rumor, and you'll see why I call it a rumor in a moment, that Either one or both of the twins were pregnant and that they wanted to stick together and that is why they had left. And they not only started this rumor, but they went and reported this rumor 
to the girl's mother like it was a fact, like formally told this woman, hey, this is what happened. And this happened a few times throughout this case. And the sad part is that there is nothing to back this up. Not one thing, not a diary entry, not a friend from school talking about this, because keep in mind, they did not speak to anyone. They did not go and go up to their school, talk to their teachers, talk to their principal. They did not. When I say they did not speak to anyone, they didn't. They almost, from what I gathered through research, it seemed like almost they were annoyed at the fact that they were even being questioned about this case. Every time that the parents called, it was always something. There was always some reason why they weren't out searching, why they weren't running the story more, why they weren't talking about it. When I tell you this story literally got talked about one time after these girls went missing, one time. I can't even begin to tell you how frustrated I would be. As a mother, it pains me to think of the fact that my child most of all children, because these are two children, are not important enough that someone would make the effort to report and continue to report about my children one time on local news. That's it. The reason why these rumors were so hurtful that the sheriff's department had made is because the girls were very good girls. They were not... Uh, labeled as what some people would call promiscuous. I don't really too much like that word, but just throwing things out there. Also, you know, the girls, to everyone's knowledge, had never dated anyone. On top of the fact that the girls also were not even allowed to have boys in the house without their mother being present. So there's no one in the family that even truly believes this or thinks that it is factual in any way, shape, or form. It's honestly something very illogical. And here's the thing. Even if it was a possibility, even if it was logical, the point in fact still remains that they did no research to validate this. Yet they were telling this these children's mother that one or both of her children were pregnant and they ran away. With no proof. No one told them this. Just some unbacked up. I don't even know how it could even become a theory because a theory would have to be based in thought. And I don't know how you think about things that don't exist. If you can't tell already, I'm livid just repeating all of this because it's honestly very disgusting. I couldn't imagine trusting people to investigate my child or children being missing and then I'm getting information that isn't even backed up by anything. It's like, how do you even go from there? It seems like almost they gave an investigative shoulder shrug and led the family down a series of rabbit holes instead of actually giving them information that they would need to find out more about those girls. And on top of all that, they notified the mother three years later that because of the girl's age, that the case would be closed. Basically saying that the girls were not missing because they were old enough to where no one could force them to come home. Also kind of putting it under the insinuation that they ran away. Mind you, no one has heard or seen these girls. There were maybe two reports of sightings that both girls were seen in a white truck, but there was nothing really to back that up. It was never verified. It was just someone calling in saying they thought they saw them. And that there was literally two of those, two. And that's it. 
So when I was talking about the day that the girls went missing, I mentioned their older sister, but someone who I did not mention is their younger sister, Danette. And in 2004, Danette decided to start looking into the case for herself. She made so many calls, asked so many questions, and got so little answers, unfortunately. All the questions that they asked simply remain unanswered. Even when they tried to contact sheriffs and investigators who had worked on the case, they still were getting nowhere. And that's another thing that I'm not liking is that the sheriffs that did work on it, even after being, I mean, they're not saying anything. It's pretty much very much mums the word. And, and it wasn't until 2004 that the family even found out the information that I gave you a little bit earlier, which is that there was nothing on file. There was no case file, no initial police report, nothing about any type of investigation. When I tell you there was nothing, absolutely nothing. So they literally don't even know who they called. Like their police report is not even anywhere. And from what they were told, there is no missing persons report. From what they were told, there is no missing persons file or report on the girls whatsoever. Like there was never one created, or at least that's what it looks like. And I couldn't imagine 14 years going by and then I'm finding out that there's not even any documentation on my sisters whatsoever. They were told that a juvenile case officer told them that the girls had been found and that when they were 17, no one could force them to go home. So they didn't need to be on any databases and the cases could be closed. So whenever you remove someone from a database, there's always supposed to be some type of archived explanation on why this person was removed from a database because, you know, that's information that you need to know. Well, long story short, there was absolutely no reason listed as to why they were taken off, just that they weren't on there anymore. This is, I think, some of the sloppiest police work that I've ever heard of in my entire life. This, this whole thing is just infuriating. There was another person who they contacted and said, oh, well, the, the twins were removed from the home and that's why they weren't reported as missing. Mind you, their mother has never had any type of child protective services involvement whatsoever. She also has other children that remained in the home with her after March 18th, 1990. So how is it that a caseworker came and removed the twins, but left the other two children? Make it make sense. It does not. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And these are just people just spouting. I can't imagine them doing anything but spouting off at the mouth because that's all that this is. People just pulling things out of their assholes. And for what reason? I don't even know. The fact of the matter is that this was just pure neglect from the police, period. It was neglect from the police and it's honestly a shame because there is a mother and siblings who most likely will die without knowing what happen happened to their sisters. And the reason I say that is because, one, there was little to no investigation put into place as far as these two girls were concerned. On top of that, their story was only ran one time. One time in local news, nothing more, nothing less. They were taking off of, off of key vital databases that could have aided in them being found. And on top of that, when the family tries to look into it, 
They're getting the runaround at every turn. They're having horrible rumors about their daughters and rumors about themselves being spread around with absolutely no basis. It seems to me that no one actually did any investigative work. And that's why this episode is so short. At the same time, I had to talk about it. I'm like, man, I don't really have very much material. And that's because there isn't really much because no one really put in the effort. No one's put in the effort but the family. Like the family have been the only people consistently putting in the effort to find these girls and to keep their stories alive. But as their mother ages, as their family members age, as their sister ages, is this case just going to die? And the saddest part of it all is, is that you can't go back into the 90s and like find this information. If people would have done proper investigative work, there's a possibility that even now with it being a cold case, they would have better chances of finding these sisters. And unfortunately, because of poor police work, it really seems like that's not going to happen. One of the worst things, and I saved this for last, is that in 1993, there was a unidentified black female body that was found in a county. It's called Aiken County. And they did a facial reconstruction of the body, and they ran it on the news. And when the family saw it, they said that they thought it was Jeanette. And they decided to call to see if it was her. And unfortunately, they were just flat out told that it's not her. And the worst part about this is no one in the family gave any DNA So how did they know that? As a matter of fact, the only time the family ever was given an opportunity to offer a DNA sample was in 2017. Now, I say I bring this up because when they put these names into a database, right, and they put DNA into a database as well, like their families and things like that. So whenever these people are in a database, these things can flag. That's a whole 27 years of Jane Doe's and bodies being found, being discovered with no name and none of that family's DNA attached to it to be able to see what happened to these girls. I don't really have a theory on what happened to these girls. I do believe that these girls are no longer with us. I do believe that it's virtually impossible that they just died. I do not believe that they just ran away and they're just out hanging out after all this time from everything the family said about them. Everything that's been stated, it just doesn't seem like something that's in their nature. It doesn't seem like something that they would do. So I say all of that to say, I just don't think that that's what happened to them. I don't believe that they just ran off and never came back. I think something really bad happened to those girls. I think maybe they were kidnapped. Maybe they were murdered and either their bodies were never found or The bodies were found, but unfortunately, because people did not do their job as investigators, that it was, there was no way to identify them. It was virtually impossible. And that's honestly what I think happened. I don't think they're alive anymore, but I truly don't know what happened. I don't know if it was someone that knew them, someone that didn't know them. Again, they were relatively new to the area. What I do know is that the police did a horrible job taking care of these girls and making sure that their family could get some type of justice or some type of answers. Not only did no one take this seriously, but no one looked at these girls as girls. Complete dehumanization. Because I don't know how you can humanize someone and not have enough empathy to look for them. And that's why I had to bring up this case, 
even with so little information, and I am sorry to give you all a short episode, but I feel like this is very, very important. It's very, very important because it needs to be discussed. Someone knows something. It's just a matter of that information getting out there, the story not dying and going away. And I hope that this inspires you all to look more into this case. If you live in the area, to be active, to assist in bringing awareness to this case so that these girls will not be forgotten. So that this will not happen to another girl or another set of girls that go missing. And that True investigation is important. It really is very, very important. I want to thank you all for tuning in this evening. Thank you so much for listening to this case. If you have any information, please contact the Richmond County Sheriff's Office at 706-821-1080. Please be sure to follow at Cases of Color on Instagram and at Cases of Color on Twitter. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this case and this horrible injustice that has been taken out on these girls. And I just want to say I send my prayers out and good vibes out to their family who is still looking for them, who is still actively searching for them, and who is not giving up on finding out what happened to their sisters, their daughter, goddaughter, cousin, niece, etc. God bless. (laughs) 